The present and the future. We start in the present for part two of covering the Commonwealth. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with JMU. With Shane Metlin, Harrisonburg Daily News record with us here in the Fast Lane. Shane, the present, JMU coming off that discouraging overtime loss to Appalachian State, goes on the road to the outside. There may have been a question of how the fire and motivation would be for the JMU Dukes. Oh, it was clearly there. Back to what we've seen most of the year from JMU, a 56-14 throttling of Coastal Carolina How much did JMU go into that game with the purpose of replacing the memories of the App State game with the idea that they are still, in their eyes at least, the top team in the Sun Belt? Yeah, I mean, I think I think to put the chip right back on their shoulder after uh, suffering that loss, and they were, uh, you know, ready to go. They obviously they beat. You know, Coastal's had their issues. They've they're played three different quarterbacks this year. They've had some injuries, but it, they're not a bad team. They're going. They, um, you know, they they uh, almost went to the conference championship game because of the whole uh, thing with JMU. So uh, they're not a bad team to beat them that handily to to close off the regular season. I think they they made a little bit of a statement coming off that loss. They did. They performed as well as you could expect for JMU and dominated Coastal Carolina once again. And the reward, as all the games were wrapping up on Saturday, was bowl eligibility because there are not enough teams to qualify at 6-6 six and six or better for the gazillion bowls that exist in 1A FBS football. What was the vibe around JMU once they learned of that? You know, I think there was a lot of excitement. It was, uh, you know... The question of how they were going to end up being in a bowl was always kind of there. It seemed likely that this was how this was how things would go, that there wouldn't be enough teams to fill all those spots. Uh, for the past few weeks, it, it really looked like there was going to be, unless there were some huge upsets, that was probably the way it was going to end. Um, you know, and now it's looking like they probably can get to like a fairly decent game, too, just the way things break down with the way, uh, the, way the conference alignments and everything go. So, I mean... After after all the ups and downs and you know the question marks about you know how this season was going to end, I think right now they're feeling pretty good about the opportunity to play in the postseason. Shane Metlin, Harrisonburg Daily News record with us here in the fast lane. That destination will be known in greater detail next week. Kurt Signetti, will he be the head coach at that time, or are you buying into the, some of the talk that he may be getting serious consideration, particularly for the opening down in Durham with Duke? Duke University uh, losing Mike Elko to Texas A&M. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to get consideration a lot of places, and Duke is a place that makes sense. He's He's been an assistant coach in the ACC before, you know, not far away at NC State. Um, I know he likes that, you know, research triangle area. Um, but I, whether or not, you know, whether or not he gets offered that job, whether or not he takes another job, how quickly any of that happens, that that that's remains to be seen. It's it's something we'll have to keep an eye on. But he, he's going to be in high demand. Um, and, you know, just kind of have to wait and see what happens there. We're chatting with Harrisonburg Daily News Records, Shane Metlin here in the Fast Lane. Shane, a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you very much for your time. We'll talk some men's basketball next time because they are on a hot streak, but appreciate your time today talking some football. I appreciate it. Thanks. Indeed. Shane Metlin with us here in the Fast Lane. Now to 
the Radford Highlanders with Rick Watson, play-by-play voice for Radford. Rick, a pleasure to be speaking with you. We hope you and yours had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Granted, it's not the traditional Notre Dame that people know of, but it was a dominant win against Notre Dame from Maryland yesterday for the Radford Highlanders men's basketball team. How big was that, especially with ODU on deck midweek? Uh, I'm not sure yesterday's game. By the way, happy uh, belated Thanksgiving to all of you guys as well. Um, I don't think yesterday's game really was much of an indicator. It was created because of the relationship between Notre Dame, by the way. I was told it's Notre Dame, like the hunchback. I was corrected. So anyway, uh, (laughs) (laughs) D.J. Jordan, yeah, yeah. D.J. Jordan, their head coach, had helped um, Nichols, uh, helped Darius Nichols when he was an assistant at Florida uh, with a recruit. So he said, look, we want to play Division I in our first year, and so this was the payback. So um, I think what helped him more going into ODU was capturing the Mayan Division Championship in Cancun against a very good Northern Colorado team last week. You referenced those victories. First, it was against Morgan State on Tuesday, and then the championship down in Cancun against the other UNC, by the way, Northern Colorado. One of the things that jumped out from each of those games, at least in my eyes, was just what they were able to do, they being Radford, with the diversity of scoring options. How much is that something that people can expect here, where you get games like we saw in the championship where it's four to five guys in double figures, I guess technically four with Truth Harris coming a point short of that? Yeah, it's something that uh, Coach Nichols always talks about, and he reminds the team it's one of his last messages before they hit the floor. Look, it can be anybody, any night. So they don't just rely on one or two guys, and I think that's starting to show true. And once this team gets full throttle, when Josiah Harris is back, they've just gotten T.J. Neesmith back, this is going to be a pretty dangerous team in the Big South because of that depth and versatility that you're referencing because it just takes away so much that an opposing defense can scout for one or two guys when – they also have to look at the stat sheet and say, well, <laughs> we may have to worry about him, him, and him. And that's what Darius is trying to create here. Next up is a date at two-win, three-loss Old Dominion. How much does that record, though, for the ODU Monarchs need to be taken with a grain of salt considering they lost two of those games to higher-end teams, 76-56 this past Wednesday against Princeton, and then, of course, uh, a couple of weeks ago against an Arkansas team that is a better program with Coach Eric Musselman, and ODU kept it to within single figures. Yeah, the Highlanders continuing their in-state road initial tour, right? VCU, JMU, and now ODU. Um, it means the record doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, Jeff Jones, who I've spoken to, is very excited uh, about this team. There's a lot of newcomers for the Monarchs. And at the end of the game yesterday against Drexel, he was looking around the final five minutes, and he had uh, seven newcomers in the box score of the 11 players. And he feels like it's starting to come together. And I think you're going to see ODU become a pretty, um, pretty solid team once they get closer to conference play. That's what – November and December is about, just like Radford's trying to fill their way through right now. Rick Watson, play-by-play broadcaster for the Radford Highlanders that you can hear all across the CBS, excuse me, not the CBS, the VTR and Roanoke app and our Virginia Talk Radio Network sister station. Rick, thank you very much for your time. We'll be listening this coming Wednesday for Radford at ODU as the Highlanders, as you mentioned a moment ago, continue their tour across the Commonwealth. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, again. Go Highlanders. Rick Watson with us here in the fast lane. Candy.
Maryland, or is it Ashburn, Virginia? Well, no one knows where the Washington Commanders were because we didn't seem to find them over the back half of that Thanksgiving Day game in Dallas. They left in the fourth quarter. I mean, they left in the third quarter, really, if you want to get serious about it, Trey, but certainly they were nowhere to be found in the fourth quarter as the Dallas Cowboys throttled the Washington Commanders, uh, much to the dismay, perhaps, of one of our disgruntled listeners uh, who voiced his displeasure with us over the weekend. Uh, Candy Waller was there, and now she's with us in the fast lane of W226BG Timberlake, WVGMA on Lynchburg, WMNA Gretna Danville Southside in the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Seawall, what in the world happened to the point where at the end of that game, the Dallas Cowboys were celebrating with turkey legs in embarrassing fashion to the Washington Commanders in the midst of the end zone? It really looked like the commanders gave up on themselves. I mean, it just looked like they were, they just were not in it. I mean, maybe initially, maybe at first they were a little into it, maybe, right? But it certainly looked like between the blunders and you saw them bumping into each other on certain plays on offense. It just seemed like the team has has maybe, unfortunately, checked out completely. That's not a good thing, and yet the only coaching staff changes. I you know I was fully looking at my phone for much of Friday, thinking that the coaching staff change was going to be Ron Rivera. Instead, it's Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator, and they also pulled the plug on the defensive backs coach. How surprised were you that come lunchtime on Friday they were recommending and making coaching staff changes, but it was not at the top. I, I I will say this. I've been waiting. It's almost every week. I'm like, okay, maybe it's Jack. Maybe it's Jack and Ron. I, I, I was, you know, because some of, some of the losses have just been that bad, right? And so after another primetime Thursday game, nationally televised embarrassment, I'm like, okay, at this point, yes, something is going to happen. Sometimes when Coach Rivera is asked certain questions after the game and he says, hey, I don't want to get into that right now. It's similar to how he was answering questions about the trades before they happened. So I kind of had a gut feeling that something was going to transpire. Yeah, it looked like something like that was going to happen. Meanwhile, this is just a delay of the inevitable at this point when it comes to Ron Rivera, unless the highly unlikely scenario of winning out and getting a bunch of other pieces that fall into place puts the Washington Commanders in the playoffs. I mean, it, it would literally have to be that. And it would, he would have to literally win out and in order for there to be some of salvaging of him remaining in that position, I believe. I mean, it's highly doubtful that that will happen. Um, and so, unfortunately, I think he sees that the writing is on the wall and perhaps it was something to do so that he, so that it does look like he, he cares, so that it does look like he is trying to win and make something happen this season. This is a, certainly a disappointment and not what anyone expected to happen this season. Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment Kind enough to give us more of her insight as she always does here in the fast lane. Seawall SE on Twitter, Seawall Sports on Instagram, as well as CEO Seawall. Candy, thank you again for your time today. Sorry there wasn't anything more exciting to discuss, but hey, it's the reality of the loss 45 10 down in Dallas. Exactly. It literally is what it is. It's a hard truth to face, but this is where we are right now. Candy Waller, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. Talk to you guys again soon. Indeed. Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment here in the Fast Lane. That does it for us today. Keep those thoughts coming. 
fast lane, mid lane. You know what? Someone that, that wish they could just cut the game off was probably Candy. She probably does. I mean, she probably felt like she could. I just figured that's how we can end today's show. You know, by the way, Trey, over the weekend, I, I did encounter somebody who is an outspoken Washington Commanders fan and a Virginia Cavaliers fan. That poor person. Yeah, it was not a good weekend hey, for that individual. You know what? Good news tonight, NFL game, no interruptions. That's the goal. That is the goal on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. In the meantime, we're planning to be back tomorrow afternoon, good Lord willing, 5 to 6 p.m., but we're there throughout the time. Fast Lane, Ned Lane, and Trey Law VT. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram now to CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg Programming.